welcome to the Asian Flush podcast, a podcast that discusses today's challenges and experiences from a European Asian point of view. I'm Simona, broadcasting from Bangkok. And I'm Janice, broadcasting from Copenhagen. We are your Western portal into the Asian Western world, giving you a glimpse of what goes on in the mind of these not-so-rich but surely crazy Asians growing up in the European West, raised with Asian values and beliefs. And this time we'll discuss things our Asian parents never thought us. But before we dive into the topic, we'll just give you a couple of awkward truths so you can get to know Janet and myself a bit better. Janet, what was your awkward truth? So, um, you know how every Chinese kid goes to Chinese school. Um, it usually was on a Saturday morning. You go there a couple of the hours during the day. I actually got kicked out of it when I was about six years old. Um, I think I literally have been attending school for only about six months. Dutch was and definitely is my first language. Um, and I didn't really grow up in a household with a lot of Chinese being spoken at. Both my parents have different first languages. So my dad speaks Hokkien and my mom speaks, uh, speaks Hakka. Um, so Chinese was never really a, a super big part of my, my me growing up. Um, yeah. But somehow along the way, I made up a lot of sentences and phrases in Chinese. Um, my mom would understand. I mean, perfectly fine. She knows what I'm talking about, but nobody else ever understands what I'm saying. So, for example, uh, perhaps a, too much information, but, you know, when I have my period, I will say to my mom, Mama, which translates to I'm bleeding. I'm pretty sure that is not the <laughs> correct word either. Um, or just something else, you know, the color brown, I will call it seasick, which translates to poop color. So people often ask me, how well is my Chinese? I would say it's pretty darn well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Simona? Um, I'll keep in the same lines of Chinese school and going to Chinese school. I also went to Chinese school. Um, I went there for Mandarin. Our Chinese school offered both Cantonese and Mandarin, and my parents wanted me to learn Mandarin. So I could eventually, I don't know, uh, speak Mandarin with all the Chinese people, three in total that lived in my hometown, but okay, <laughs> um, with them. Um, as a kid, I was in a class of four people in total. Uh, my, mom, my mom actually didn't know my dad. They thought I was in a class of 20 people because there were a lot of people going to school, but 80% went there for Cantonese. Uh, and they've been, up till today, very proud of me because during my what is it, four to five years at Chinese school, I won three awards for the most outstanding student of the year. And those prizes are still on, uh, on, on, on kind of a trophy table at my parents' place for, ev for everyone who comes to visit to show them that I was the best student in Chinese school. It's only The only thing that they didn't know was that my entire class consisted of probably four people. So the chances <laughs> of becoming the best student was fairly high and also added to that our, our teacher wasn't very neutral I was kind of the favorite of the teacher because I was this cute Chinese little kid with dresses and yeah that also helped I think it wasn't because of my talents that that's almost for sure <laughs> that's amazing to hear yeah. well so um, we got a lot of feedback from you guys from our first podcast um, about crazy rich Asians so we're trying to play a little bit more with our 
speakers and with our microphones. So hopefully it will be compared to last time. But, you know, if you have any feedback or you have any comments or questions, please hit us up and let us know. Um, so today we will talk about things our parents never thought of. It's actually something that came up with one of our weekly or phone calls that we had earlier uh, last week about all the crazy shit, part of my French, that our parents never actually thought us. So one of the <laughs> first things that um, that is such a major red flag for both of us uh, is actually talking about sex and sexuality. Even to this day, when my mom talks about sex, she would call it um, doing the dirty. You know, there's always <laughs> a negative connotation towards it. So how is it talking about sex in your family? I think I can keep it very short. There is no talking about sex in the family. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about it right now, but there hasn't really been a moment where my mom would sit me down and talk about sex or my dad. It just never happened. Um, I think the first moment where my mom actually took the word sex in her mouth was this year. And oh, wow. I'm, and I'm, I actually don't want to, I don't want to say how old I am, but I will <laughs> for, the, for the cause of this podcast. I'm 31 now. I turned 31 just last <laughs> week, but I'm 31 now. So after 30 years, she finally could take the word sex in her mouth and it still didn't really sound as very natural when she when she talked about sex it felt um, wrong it felt really wrong yeah <laughs> and i think she probably also just learned that word in the last couple of years i think when i was growing up it's also something that she wouldn't discuss with her with she doesn't have that many dutch friends but it's not something that you discuss with friends either so yeah yeah, yeah. it just came very late yeah no yeah. sex at and all. I definitely think that, that there's a whole part lacking of, you know, yes, it there might be perhaps, you know, our our Dutch friends, parents that would talk with them about sex, but we miss an entire education around what is it to have safe sex, what does it mean to be in a relationship. Yeah. Um I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't end up as teen moms because I knew absolutely nothing about sex when I started having it. No, that's that's exactly true. I think we might need to be thankful for going to Dutch school where everybody's liberal and the teachers as well and also media. So even if you're just a little bit curious as a kid, you would bump into those topics. If it's not at home, mm -hmm. then it will be at school. If it's not at school, you'd have some friends or there were some books. Or, or magazines yeah. laying around that like we had those crazy crazy magazines for teens I can remember it was called the breakout in the Netherlands and they would just yeah. feature butt naked people in those magazines so even if your parents wouldn't tell you anything about sex or about sexualism you would open up a magazine and there were just naked people naked people in the magazine and those yeah, were those. yeah those were targeted at kids of what is it maybe 10 11 12 years old yeah so I think like we were lucky to a certain extent that we grew up in such a liberal country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but so how do you think that it has influenced you on how you see a relationship should be as well? Because I can remember, you know, the first boyfriend that I had when I was about 16, my parents were like 
pretty heavy against it. Um, I guess both because of my age and because he wasn't of the same race. Yeah. I think that that might have been something as well. Yeah. Um, which also kind of ended up in a lot of secrecy. You know, I couldn't share it with my parents. I couldn't invite him over to our house to watch a movie or something like that. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, figuring stuff out on my own. How was yeah. it for you? Um, I, I kind of had the same. I actually didn't even dare to tell my parents on my 16 that I was like having boyfriends or even being in love with people I think um, of course I was in love I think I, the first time I fell in love was probably already in high school you know those high school yeah. crushes those create the well, those are in love in brackets you're in love for a week and, and, and then it's over but it was always in secrecy that I can remember um, I think the first time I actually told my parents that I had a boyfriend was probably I don't even know if it was serious, but probably one was 20 years. And that was also very casual. I would just say it's a really good friend. I wouldn't even yeah, uh, specify it as relationship, but it would go in the direction of, yeah, he's a really good friend. And just giving them a, a connotation of he might be a bit more than a friend, but I'm not really going to tell you. If you want to know more, you can ask me, but if we both, yours my parents side and if, uh, my side if we wouldn't ask any further we wouldn't yeah. tell any further so it's kind of like don't ask don't tell yeah yeah and i think maybe you know i think they're saying people as well they must have thought that her their daughter growing up in the west um and all these western uh, what is it ideals and morals that there might be a, a thing of having boys around or boyfriends but they they just never discussed it they wouldn't they also i think didn't even tell me to not have any boyfriends it was just not being discussed the only time i think oh i actually wonder though because now we're talking about this like you're completely right it's not like they actually told me like hey you're not allowed to have a boyfriend but at the same time it definitely was something that wasn't discussed either um and i also think another thing that we never discussed about that is you know how do you handle the emotions around being in a relationship especially as a teen with all the crazy hormones and you know i think that me and my ex-boyfriend when i was 16 we got into a lot of silly fights that i probably need a little bit of guidance from an adult in how to handle my own emotions yeah just emotion in general i think yeah so i think just growing up in general and you you needed to handle all those emotions while you're growing up normally parents would read books about it or they would talk to other parents about how they would handle it would handle yeah would handle their kids but i think our parents kind of just tried their own way everything perhaps yeah or just in a way they 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 um they raise you to live without emotions or not to be dragged away with your emotions too much and just yeah. be normal which i don't think is a, yeah i don't think that that is a bad thing though you know to to be more in control of your emotions but i also remember like one uh, instance when i was about i would say 21 or two, yeah 20 or 21 um studying business administration where we actually know each other yeah. from um and being sincerely unhappy with the education because i felt that i wasn't learning anything um being a bit of a downer a debbie downer and i remember crying to my mom 
and telling her like, hey, I'm really not happy with the education that I chose. Um, and all my mom would just say like, and, you know, she has a golden heart, but all she would just say like, why are you crying? You have the opportunity to go to school. Um, you're almost at the end. Just finish your shit and get it over yeah. with. And obviously looking back at it now, I'm like, yeah, you know, she was right. I, I needed it to just finish it and you, you'll survive. But I remember being in it at that moment. I just needed a parent that could guide me into which direction I should go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I have the same. When it comes to school, when it comes to relationships, I actually never asked them for advice. Like um, yeah. going back on, on relationships, when I was crying about a relationship, my mom would also ask me, why are you crying? isn't your relationship already over? And when it comes to school, if I would have a, if I had a sad moment or I had a stress moment, my parents would also just react with, it's just school. Just do your yeah. best. There's nothing to worry about. Or if you worry about it, it's, it's not going to change the situation. Just, yeah. just keep on working. Kind of that Chinese mentality, just keep on working on it. Do whatever you can. If but- it doesn't work, then that's it. The question, though, is that is that then is it an Asian mentality or a Chinese mentality, or is that just because you know you, you grow older and become wiser? Because looking back at it, I would probably say the same if I bump into a twenty-year-old now and they say I'm not happy with my education because I'll also just be like, "Hey, dude, you just need to finish it, and that's all." Yeah, but th- I think that's it's a bit different because if we would have kids now, we would approach it in probably this same kind of mindset that you want to tell your kid it's going to be okay just keep on working but how my parents told me to um just put your ass into it to, to, yeah <laughs> that that just came from they don't know how it is and they just tell you yeah. keep on working there's nothing to yeah. be sad about our parents probably had a really you know they had they had really intense youths are growing up in poverty definitely and with political yeah. uh, political unrest so i think they they compared it to how they grew up and then having mm-hmm. relationship problems or problems at university those are luxury problems i think yeah. it comes from from those experiences where they would tell you man the fuck up and just 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 you know and just work just it. work for it yeah there's yeah. no reason for and, you to be this sad. I'll show you what's sad. Not having any food for an entire month. That's sad. I think it true. comes from yeah. that kind of truth. And yeah, of yeah. course, the core message in the end is the same as in get over it. But it comes from a different source, I think. True. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, it comes from the same source that, you know, we've been, we've been discussing this quite a bit as well. Because I think that, you know, we seek a lot of guidance uh, with each other for example where perhaps other people seek for a lot of guidance with their parents mm-hmm. um one of the things that i'm kind of amazed about as well that you know personal development is not really a thing with or it's not a thing at all that our, pa- our asian parents taught us um you know talk, talking about just becoming a better person for yourself without it always having to be linked to either an education to a financial picture yeah. Uh, or to something that you know that you can show off to the world or showcase to the world playing the piano or playing the violin (laughs) exactly that's personal development but uh, all the asian kids can play the piano that's true i can play the piano as well yeah (laughs) Yeah, i have a couple of uh, asian asian colleagues um the one skill we all share in common is that we can play the piano yeah but going back to personal development yeah definitely true there's there's nothing that we were thought to to work on from our own sides 
if it's not for any personal or, or financial gain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how was it for you then, for example, with, you know, exercising and sports growing up? Because at least I have a dad that's kind of obsessed with sports. Uh, he used to be a bodybuilder and he goes to the gym. A bodybuilder? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've you seen still pictures. only pictures from your dad in his, what is it, disco outfit? We now have oh, yeah. another so, add-on, oh, yeah. your dad as a bodybuilder. Yeah. I'll, I'll, next time I'm in the Netherlands, I'll find those pictures and it will be the cover of our net, next yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even like within sports, I think that ballet was kind of the thing within the Asian culture. Um, but there was not a lot of freedom and space to express yourself in that way, I think. Uh, I did a lot of dancing and did some break dancing stuff like that, but it was never like for me any team sports. My parents didn't really want to drive me around to go to a football club every Saturday to play, play a match, um, and I also don't think that for them there was not any importance of doing it either, like being part of a team, for example. No, no, yeah, definitely true, and I think also that again stems from how they grew up. They didn't grow up with playing team sports or sports in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they don't have that experience. Um, how I grew up, I also know that they didn't bring me, they didn't see the importance of playing sports. Um, I, by accident, bumped into gymnastics because all of the girls at my school, they they mm-hmm. uh, they were going to gymnastic classes. So I just didn't, I wanted to fit in. So I told my mom, I want to go to gymnastics. So how, that's how I got into gymnastics. Um, the other sport that I did at school was um, swimming, and but that at one moment I think all the kids you need you need your certificate, right? There's a yeah. diploma A and B that you yeah. need to have as a kid in order to I don't know even just to enter the pool, whatever. Just like it's kind of a hygiene check as a kid. Yeah, and it's fun though. It's fun, but the thing is that. Yeah. Most of the kids, they go to swimming lessons when they are about, let's say, four, five, six years old. They, their parents would bring them. Yeah. And in the older days, in the older days, that sounds so old. But in the older <laughs> days, um, it was uh, it, it was obligatory at school. So you would go with school. But when I went mm-hmm. to school in third grade, um, it wasn't ob- obligatory anymore. So uh, my parents also didn't think about it. Um, eventually, I discovered, okay, um, I might need to start working on that diploma because all the kids at school have a diploma except for me and I can remember I was 12 years old 12 years is old to go to swimming lessons and I signed myself up for swimming lessons my parents didn't know about it and I was the only kid I think amongst a group of kids with an average age of let's say six years old to go for their diploma a so this is such a typical migrant story though i would say <laughs> yeah it definitely is yeah. it definitely is yeah yeah there, there's like i don't have any how do you say that regrets or uh, i don't hold anything against my parents i do see that it could have been easier if they knew about playing team sports so another thing that um that i was also thinking about you know what our parents haven't per se taught us um is charity you know helping out other people that you perhaps don't know or just doing some free labor which i definitely think is a big ass no-no for for our asian parents um how do you feel about it because i know that you know whenever we would see a homeless person on the street my parents would always say like hey if they don't work then they shouldn't get any money because we work hard for our money and you know that is to be spent on our family yeah 
um, they, 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 they might help out some friends that need help, you know, buying a flight ticket home to, to Hong Kong if there's like a situation with their parents or something like that. But my parents would never give any money to charity. They would never give up any of their hours. And I definitely, I cannot, you know, I don't hold it against them at all because my parents, they probably work somewhere between 60 and 70 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, they, they probably even work more than that. Um, so I don't blame that, you know, you don't want to go on and then go to, you know, the, the Red Cross and then do some charity work there to 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 get in better graces or something yeah. like that but h- how is it for you and with your parents um i think in a way the same as in they never educated me about uh doing charity work um what you mentioned about flying flying some family member home or doing something for the collective and the collective is anybody who is in your chinese collective whether that might be a family member or a very distant uncle if you can help someone who you know you should yeah. help that person. But if that person falls out of the collective, so if it's just a stranger or, you know, the Red Cross people mm-hmm. that you don't know, um, no, my parents never taught me to to support those people. But then I have to say, my parents, they, they had a restaurant. Of course, all the Chinese people have a restaurant. And you have those people, <laughs> they would come by and they would collect money for whatever, the the, the cancers, yeah. uh, what is it called? The Can- Cancer Society or for cancer research or there were people coming by. Just also just some beggars, you know, some beggars would enter mm-hmm. the restaurant. And they would say, hey, I, do- I don't have any money for food. Can you give me some money for food? If people would come into the restaurant and they would ask for money, my parents would always give them something. They wouldn't let oh, them really? leave yeah. without anything. Yeah, even like if people would ask for money, if it's a beggar and he said, I didn't have any food, my dad would say, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll give you something free to eat, to eat. because we yeah. have that. Also in China, now remember, like if we would pass homeless persons on the street, my mom would give these, give them some money. But yeah. it's not That's like, different though. Yeah, it's, I do feel it's different because then they still feel that they are part of the collective as such being Chinese. Whereas they probably still wouldn't do it if they would see a beggar in front of, you know, the Albert Heijn. Um, The Albert Heijn is a supermarket in the Netherlands. I'm trying to <laughs> imagine this right now. Um, not as fast, I have to say. Not as fast. Yeah. If my I see that my mom would faster grab for money in China, seeing a Chinese homeless person rather than being in the West. But then I also have to say you don't have a lot of homeless people in the Netherlands. Not as many. And especially not where I grew True. up on my side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't really see them doing that act in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, going back to what you said for the greater good, like the organizations that you don't see or don't really enter your personal lives, the Red Cross or whatever, um, they didn't do anything. Another thing, perhaps one of the last topics that we should discuss in this um, podcast, and it's actually quite a big one. Um Let's say the last two topics. So one of the things that my parents definitely never taught me anything about is politics. Um, I don't think that my mom nor my dad has ever voted in the Netherlands, even though they have the right to. Um, They are not interested in it. They have never showcased me how to do it. And I also have to say that my interest in politics is definitely something that came later into my life, uh, actually not living in the Netherlands anymore. Uh, than before yeah I have to totally agree with you here Um, 
<laughs> have you ever voted? No, I have never voted. Um, which I'm really ashamed of. Yeah, really. Um, I just never saw it as a priority, and thereby, I think in the first couple of years when I lived at home and I was actually eligible to vote, my dad, when he would get his voting, what is it, voting certificates or voting forms? Yeah, he would throw them away. He just saw them as part of, like, it's not yeah. important. It wasn't important for yeah, him. So, um, also that kind of like he would just throw it away, and I wouldn't actively look for my voting papers. So yeah, okay, it's not a priority for you. And then it kind of like slipped. It's not good, but yeah, it, it just didn't come up to my mind to to to, to see it as a priority. And I'm really yeah. ashamed of it. Also, just in general politics. Um, listening to the news and 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 this is also really bad from my side but i actually don't read the news listen to the news which i well i should um i just think I mean, there's a fine balance though i think that you know with us living as i want to say third culture kids but at this point we're probably like fourth or fifth culture kids um it's pretty hard to keep up both with you know news in the countries that we're living in right now to keep up with where we were born and raised and then also trying to keep up with you know our more uh uh like our our parents home countries as well so i'll give i'll give you that one um i'll give you that one but so politics is definitely a thing that i think that we should as asian born in the Netherlands or Asians born in Europe should be more aware of. And I definitely think that we might be outliers and there are other families, perhaps younger families that were, that are much more uh, involved with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think also we don't represent the Asian community in, in this particular topic. We just, yeah. it's a coincidence that we grew up with the same stance on politics, but in general, yeah, politics, um, could have been better on my parents but I actually one thing that I want to say here is it's also because how they were raised in the far far east again because um, I spent my last two years in Shanghai and I actually had a cross-cultural teacher in the beginning to teach me about about culture in China and one thing that still uh, that I still uh, remember is that he said during uh, what is it? Uh, just having conversations with friends or colleagues, one is not ought to talk about politics. Our politics yeah. are very sensitive. It's mm-hmm. not something that you that you openly discuss. Um, and I, at that moment, I thought that that well, that that's weird. Um, although I'm not very involved in politics, I know that you know in the West people are very passionate about it, and I understand that passion. Although I don't really show that much of an interest in it. Uh, but I know that everybody is very open about it and they can speak freely about it. And then just going to China and someone telling me you shouldn't really talk about politics. It's sensitive and people yeah. don't appreciate it. Um, that sounded very weird. And I actually also experienced this in real life where actually you would start maybe about politics. But um, my Chinese colleagues or friends would just deviate away from the topic. Mm. I think in a way also they don't want to talk about it. They don't, they also, because they know, and I don't know if I should say this in a podcast, but, but they know the government is watching. The government is listening. True. So whatever you say, 
might be held against you and yeah and it will yeah yeah and that that belief that also still exists in our parents minds so even if you're in the netherlands you 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 weren't raised with having an opinion or being very open about politics in general so yeah oh true yeah i have an excuse i find (laughs) (laughs) so i think that you know one of the things that uh you and me bonded over when we met each other when we were 18 and 19, 18, 19, uh, at university, that we actually have a pretty similar background how we grew up, uh, even though we grew up on completely other sides of the country. I think it's a three or four hour drive between you and me. You're making three it longer hours. than it is. It's probably two and a half hours. <laughs> That's big, though, because yeah. the Netherlands is probably like a two and a half hour drive from the north to the south. It's a four hour drive. <laughs> you're exaggerating but, right now <laughs> so, so so one yeah. of the things that we really bonded with uh bonded over when we met each other is that we both grew up in this restaurant environment mm-hmm. both of our parents they had their own restaurants in the cities that we grew up in um and i also think that something that we that wasn't being taught to us in, in this period of growing up in a restaurant was definitely how to handle finances because i remember you know when i had my first job uh when i was 15 or 16 uh my mom she would just double my salary so for every euro that i would earn she would give me a euro back or were the euros already back then yeah i think so yeah yeah there were euros (laughs) um so i definitely struggle a lot as an adult how to handle my finances, both in a way of, you know, how to to save up my money, how to spend my money, um, how to, you know, how to be a, a responsible grown-up. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have the same, yeah, 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 I can also remember how we as students also already spent way too much money as students. So much money, yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, that, that came from how we grew up. I can remember, also, yeah, as what you said, you grew up in a restaurant, I had the privilege that I could, my dad and mom, they had a, growing up in a restaurant, my dad, my dad and mom, they had this register that was just open for me to access. And they, whenever I would tell them, hey, mom, I need this or that, my mom, my parents would tell me, yeah, I just go to the register and take the money that you need. And yeah, somehow that ingrained in my life. And until I was 18 and I sound as like, I sound as a kid that has been raised too affluently, but I could just go to the cash register every time I needed money or I wanted to go shopping yeah. and take the money that I needed. Of course, yeah, so- I, I, I worked a lot. I worked during the weekends. I worked throughout the week. But I think the money that I took in comparison to, uh, to the hours that I worked, it wasn't worth that that kind of money. And I only started to learn about money's worth or the or the value of money until I think I started to study at university and mm-hmm. that you are kind of tied to a budget but still not really because it was still getting money from my parents I think yeah, when so I, the money was always just a phone call away yeah 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 definitely and then also if you if you look at how how Chinese people give gifts to each other you think that all Chinese people are rich I would go I to... Mean, yes or, or no. I, I would say, though, being Cantonese is a completely different experience or not having as much family in the country because I don't feel that my parents give as uh, crazy presents as your parents do. Okay, just to illustrate this for the listeners. Um, 
for instance, my parents go to a wedding and my parents are from Wentonese uh, descent or background. And, and they go- are rich as fuck. Like Wentonese Chinese are usually quite wealthy. Okay, we're being uh, very gener- generalistic here. But <laughs> uh, yeah, if you would say in China, I'm from Wenzhou or y- you have ties to Wentonese background, they would... They- to give a good kind of uh, comparison, Wentonese are the Jews of China. That's how we're being. That's oh, how we're a good one. Yeah. 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 So, uh, in general, people think that the Wentonese have a lot of money. There's a very big entrepreneurial spirit there. And in general, also, Wentonese, they help each other out, they lend money to each other without interest. And that's also how they kind of most of them become wealthy and i don't want to say we're super wealthy but there's there's more of a sharing culture uh, yeah culture like i i I earn money i'll share my money with you in order for you to grow and i don't need anything from you for you to grow so also uh yeah when it comes to gift giving for instance my parents would go to a wedding and whereas or just to birthdays in general as well. You you go to a wedding in the Netherlands. If you go to a wedding, I think you give a gift that's maybe worth of uh, fifty to one hundred fifty euros. That kind of range, whatever. It, it yeah, depends yeah. on what and type of close person. to fifty than one hundred fifty, I would say. But yes, yeah. yeah. But one hundred fifty is like a lot of money. But you you yes. would still spend it under careful consideration, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Chinese people easily spend. At least a thousand euros on a couple, but then a thousand euros means that they're not that close. If you're really close, you might just spend two to three thousand euros to for for that couple. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and growing up with those amounts, you think, okay, all right. Um, you oh, just to give you another example, I would go to birthdays, and my friends would give. Uh, the person who was who was celebrating their birthday, they would give them, you know, I think if you grow up and you're eight years old, you give someone something worth of five to ten euros. Yeah, right. That seems decent. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a decent amount because how much allowance would you get a week? Maybe what two or three euros, whatever. So you don't have that much money. I would go to her birthday, and my mom would give me twenty euros to give to a person, and although that's a very generous gift, that kind of stood out among all the five to ten euros yeah um and i actually had to educate my parents about okay mom that my parents my 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 friends are not giving 20 euros they're giving five to ten euros so can we keep it a little bit down it's this is not china we're in the netherlands so yeah and yeah so just coming back to how to how to spend your money i sometimes still struggle sometimes i'm i'm trying to be very cost cost aware and trying to save costs and but then on the other hand i'm thinking oh but if i'm spending two to three thousand euros on a wedding why don't just spend two to three thousand euros on a bag for myself which (laughs) is the wrong reasoning yeah then simona the last thing that i think is probably the most important thing and i don't want to say that our parents never have taught us this um but it's definitely something that has never been on um, the radar, I would say, and that is about happiness. I think that, you know, our generations, I, I want to cause millennials. I feel like we're getting too old to be a millennial. We're millennials. But... <laughs> Hashtag but... denial, but we're millennials. 
<laughs> you know, you know how our generation is asking ourselves continuously about, you know, are we happy? Are we happy in our relationship? Are we happy with our job? Are we happy with the country where we live in? Um, w- instead of just accepting, you know, your situation as it is. I don't think that my parents ever actually asked me if I was happy. Um, I know that they are. I know that my mom is. My dad probably would like to have a bigger car and a bigger house but I know that my mom is happy in her mm-hmm. life and very content with it mm-hmm. um, how did your parents ever handle it you, like, did they ever ask you if you were happy did they ever make that of an importance in your life um, I think no no the, the, the direct answer is no my parents yeah. never asked me whether I'm happy my parents would ask me, have you eaten enough? That's that's the that's main true. question, right? Yeah, the first question true. that you ask someone in China is like, have you already eaten? Or the first statement would be, you're getting a little bit fat. Either way, <laughs> either they ask you if yeah. you had food yeah. or they will say you're fat. Yeah. So there's yeah, a thin exactly. line between that. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have deep, go- like deep questions about happiness. You would ask is, have you eaten already? And in a way, for them, it's it stands for are you happy or not? Because back yeah. in the days, if you would have food, you should be very happy because there's food yeah. on the table. Yeah. Um, growing up, they I don't I don't think they saw it as a topic to be happy or not. My parents thought that as long as your primary needs like food and home and education are satisfied, then you should be happy. There's yeah. no there's no discussion about being happy or not. As long as everything is okay, you're, there's no hunger, there, there is no disease, you should be happy. So I think there, there's already the assumption you are happy. Mm. Um, I think it was it came a bit as a surprise or not a surprise. We just never discussed it. So when I hit the age of what, maybe 24, 25, when I started to question what I was doing, whether I was happy or not. And I also shared this with my parents. They didn't really know how to handle it. They would say, hey, but you have a good career and you went to a good university and what are you complaining about? Or your bosses are good to you. So you should be happy. Aren't you happy? Well, I don't see a reason for you, for you not to be happy. I think it's a different level. You can't really... Um, align with them on that part about happiness mm. or not because they I think they are uh, I'm just trying to imagine whether they're happy or not but I think in a way my dad is satisfied my mom can be happier I have to say my mom actually had a revelation last year since my grandfather passed away that happiness is not about making as much money as possible or yeah, but yeah, money, money, sh- happiness shouldn't revolve around money. And she actually yeah. also told me this year, hey, um, since your grandfather passed away, I know now that happiness or I want to tell you that you shouldn't focus too much about your career or your ambitions or money. Because in the end, uh, and my grandfather had cancer, uh, in the end, no matter how much money you have, um, you might not even be able to save the dearest persons in your life with all the money you have true it's about spending quality time with the people that you love or being content with what you already have and appreciating the things that you already have 
Um, I know that sh- she knows that I was struggling with happiness and what I that I wanted to earn more money. I wanted to make a really good career and wanted to climb the corporate ladder. And I, I kind of appreciated that point of view from her when she when she told me this. Like it's it's good to know growing up in a family where money and food probably is one of the main priorities that that one of your parents tells you okay it's not all about the money you should also just enjoy life appreciate it and being surrounded by family and the loved ones is maybe one of your most important things you should cherish in cherish in life yeah so i mean there's definitely a lot that our parents have teached us, taught us as well sorry yeah um and that is something for our next podcast but we would love to hear you know what your Asian or Dutch parents, wherever you're from, have taught you. Um, so please share that with us as well. If you have any feedback around this podcast, um, probably about the sound, probably, um, or you would like to hear any discuss any topics to be discussed with us, also let them know. So any feedback or ideas or suggestions for us to improve, please let us know. And if you like us enough or if you're one of our friends, then you actually ought to. Please follow us on whatever channel you're listening to right now so you can get an, a ping when we have our next podcast ready for you. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the new year. Yes, thank you. Bye. <laughs>